0: Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Sunday, August the 13th. And welcome to our commentary, as we like to do once in a while. We'll be chatting with our friend uh, George Rodriguez from South Texas. George, how are you? Real good. Thank you. Hot. How <laughs> is the weather, should I ask you?
1: Well, in fact, I just got back from going to uh, eat with the family. And uh, when I initially got into my my truck about uh, about almost two hours ago, the truck, the truck temperature was uh, telling me it was 114.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be like this. I just saw the the projection. It's supposed to be like this for another week.
1: Yes, we're supposed to get some rain, I believe. Yeah, sometime soon or possibility of rain down here. I think the rain is going to be mostly in the north, uh, north Texas. But yeah, we're, it, it's it, supposed it, it to cool off a little out. bit.
0: But here's the thing that I found interesting for all the talk about. How hot it is, and it is hot. We're still, we still haven't come close to the record of over thirty days. Uh, so I don't know where we are as far as that record now. I don't think it's thirty days though that no. we've had. So I, you know, so we've been here before. Well, I think it's
1: it, it, it's
0: giving it's giving the climate change activists I know. a lot
1: of fodder. Yeah,
0: it, it is. It is, and it's. <laughs> Climate change has become the answer to every question. Okay, you know why? Why does this happen? Climate. I mean, it, it, it including it the border <laughs> crisis. Yeah, I know, but it becomes silly after a while because you know there are legitimate issues with the climate we can talk about, with the climate that we can talk about. I mean, I'm not completely closed to the idea, but but when everything is climate change and it does become a little bit uh, silly well a couple of topics in I, george i want to get into But let's go ahead and begin on the border because you you're close to the border and you follow that uh, extensively uh, the the mexicans are saying or the mexican government is saying or complaining or filing i guess they filed a, a lawsuit saying that these barriers are on the mexican side which i've always found that hard to understand because it's not it's, it's hard for me to know where the river what part of the river is Mexico? I guess if you're going to split it in two, maybe that's uh, how they do it. But there also were a couple of people who were found dead uh, this week. So, you know, what's the latest in any of that, George?
1: Well, more than anything else, uh, this issue of, um, of Mexico's complaint and the two deaths uh, have been picked up big time by the Democrats. And they are really, really using it to uh, protest the barriers. Uh, that tells me one thing, very, very important is that the barriers apparently are working. otherwise they wouldn't they wouldn't say a word. I mean, they haven't been saying anything about all of the uh, efforts to try to curtail uh, the uh, the illegal immigration and the drugs uh, with uh, the uh, various policies that, that the Biden administration claims they are they're putting in place. Uh, however, once again, these two bodies, fact of them was was that they were found on the Mexican side. They were not found on the American side, which means they were on the Mexican side of the barriers. Um, there has been no d- details on uh, uh, were they shot, were they killed, that they drowned. There's been absolutely no details uh, about that. All, that. all they know is that they found two bodies. Right. The other thing is that the Mexican government is claiming that these uh, barriers, these floating barriers, uh, are impacting on the environment of the, of, the, uh, uh, of the river as well as they are on the Mexican side. Now, again, as you said, I'm not sure how you can determine that because of the flow of the river. The river uh, has an ebb and flow, and uh, it moves, you know, the current moves the barriers around. Right. Uh, there are times when uh, it appears that they do float more towards the Mexican side, and uh, there are other times when they, when it's obvious they are floating closer to the American side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the fact of the matter is that they're floating. Right. And um, again, uh, if, if they weren't working, we wouldn't hear a peep out of any of them. But right. seems working. This past week, uh, Julian Castro or Joaquin Castro, the congressman, along with two other uh, Texas uh, congresswomen, went down to the border in Eagle Pass and declared it um, a, uh, a danger to humanity. They declared it a, uh, a, a, uh, an obscenity. I mean, they went on and on and on. However, they've never said anything about the fentanyl that comes across. Mm-hmm. They certainly haven't said anything about the terrorists and murderers that are sneaking back across or into the United States. Right.
0: So it's it's all so bogus. Well, it, it, it looks to me at least a very calculated political move. Yes, but well, but I don't think you know. Looking at the at the at the bigger case or the bigger politics here, uh, I mean, there's going to be a senatorial election in 2024. Senator Cruz is going to be running against uh, either the Dallas congressman or the state senator for Muvaldi. One of those two men will be the Democrat nominee. It looks like, but I. I didn't see that those two men down on, on the border no. with these Democrats, because I think they understand that when you take this issue uh, to the state, that this is not an issue. You this is not going to be an issue. That,
1: that's not no. going to be an issue. That, they were playing to the national audience.
0: These right. The national audience play. and clearly some of their districts, perhaps, uh, but certainly not to the general public, because I think overall there is a sense in, in the state. I mean, I think the election of, of the governor, the re-election of the governor in November, I think made that point. The governor made a big deal about, about the border. In fact, Governor Abbott has almost become, that's been his biggest issue, really. That's been the biggest issue. Yeah, and, 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 and he's and, winning on that issue.
1: The criticism that they throw against him has been turned into positives constantly. And you would think that they would uh, they would learn about that. I mean, right. the, the severe criticism that, that they launched at him uh, a few months ago when he started busing the uh, illegals to New York and other and to Washington, D.C. and other places uh, has uh, has just backfired on has just oh. they backfired. On.
0: Absolutely. I mean, look at what's happening in New York City. In fact, I just read a bit before we we started the recording. I read that there is a city around New York City who says they're not going to accept any more migrants. Yes. Yes. And they the reason they cite this is a very interesting reason is that there have been there has been some crime associated with the people and i found that i found that to be such, such an interesting explanation because if any republican were to say something like that i think you would know what uh, people like Joaquin castro would well, be it, saying it would fit. yeah so it, it's just fascinating to me but another a couple of things i wanted to say about the, the barriers, I mean, the purpose of the barrier is to discourage people from swimming. Correct. And the, the reason you want to discourage people from swimming
1: because is that
0: <laughs> you drown. It's dangerous. It Quite is. A swimming, swimming a river, I don't care what river it is, swimming a river, particularly when you go in, you know, you know further in, further out, I should say. I mean, if you're just going to be swimming in, you know, in, in the shore, you know, a lot of people do that in lakes and all of that. But as far as, you know, when you get out a little bit deeper, uh, it is very dangerous. Rivers are very dangerous. So the, the whole point of the barrier is to discourage people from swimming because swimming, as you know, as, as you could as you could see by the people who drown, is a very dangerous uh, activity. So I don't understand. You know, people talk about, you know, you, you were talking about these Democrats down there. They talk about the humanitarian and, you know, and all of that. To me, the humanitarian crisis is the toleration of of the illegal immigration. The fact that we are almost encouraging people to take the extremely risky. I think we are encouraging them because once you
1: get get into the United States, uh, you are given a date, eight years in the future. And uh, for those eight years, you are in the United States permanently. I mean,
0: they can't remove you.
1: So that is an incentive, a tremendous incentive within itself
0: that's right and 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 i i don't know if these people can work during that time i don't know who's going to take care of them or support them that's another issue that i've always had with all of this but one question i did want to ask you before we we get out of the border and move to the other topics is what can you tell me about these chinese citizens oh. or chinese whatever they are who are crossing i mean uh, i saw a story that they're finding more and more chinese migrants uh You know, that's not a place that they normally come from. Uh, The last time I checked, it's a long trip to get from China to to Mexico and to the border. So what are you hearing about that, George?
1: Well, one of the interesting things, first of all, since 2012, uh, there have been almost a million Chinese coming to the United States, illegally, illegally, that have been intercepted, processed, et cetera, et cetera, almost a million. None of them can be returned to the, to uh, to China, China will not take them back. They cannot be returned. However, since um, let me make sure I got it correct here, since uh, October, since this past October, the the surge has become extremely high, and uh, ten thousand have been intercepted at the border. Ten thousand. Now the, the the vast majority of these of these uh, Chinese that are being uh, intercepted, of course are coming from mainland China. They're coming from red China. They're not coming from Taiwan. They're not coming from Formosa. Uh, They're not even coming from Vietnam. They're coming from uh, mainland China. They are also young men, young men uh, of military age. Very privately, I will tell you, very privately, there's a lot of concern among the sheriffs uh, and uh, among the uh, uh, Trump uh, former Trump administrators in, in immigration. About the demographic of the folks that are coming across, they uh, they don't seem to be malnourished. You can't. Right. I mean, you look at at a Nicaraguan, you look at a Cuban, <laughs> they look they look thin, they look frail. Mm-hmm. You look at these Chinese, they do not look like that. Mm-hmm. They look very very well well healed. The mm-hmm. other thing is that they also look very very, uh, or they they are uh, well educated. Mm-hmm. So either they are fleeing strictly because for economic and political freedom, which could be, you know, or there's something more sinister at work. And I, I you know, I am not one to, uh, to uh, raise uh, conspiracy theories uh, or, or to scare people, but the fact of the matter is 10,000 military-age young men there's a lot of folks.
0: Well, and in fact, I think even Robert Kennedy Jr. said that when he went down to the border, he met, he pointed out that many of the people who were coming over were young men. But this is really fascinating. This Chinese connection is, is fascinating because that's that's not a, a group. Uh, Where are they getting the money? He, that's yeah, good. I mean, that's a, they that's a long paying, trip. That
1: has got to be a lot of cost oh. to pay uh, smugglers to get from mainland China to uh Piedras negras and then to come across
0: yeah I mean I think a flight from 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 Shanghai to uh to Mexico City uh, I don't even think they have a direct flight so you' probably have to make several stops and uh, go through several countries uh to get to Mexico and then once you're in Mexico of course you've got to get to to the border but that, that's just
1: closer. It. it would be closer if they flew to, to uh if they flew to uh, Hawaii and uh, and declared asylum, but they're no. not. They're coming through Mexico.
0: Now, you mentioned Taiwan. If you're from Taiwan, you don't have to worry about leaving because that's a very yeah. prosperous uh, country, so you don't have to worry about that. All right, let's take a look at the other big story of the week, George. This is uh, happened on Friday, the special counsel ah. for Hunter Biden. Now, my reaction when I first heard that there was going to be a special counsel, my reaction was, well, that's not a bad idea. There's a lot of smoke around uh, Hunter <laughs> Biden, you might as well you know do a counsel a lot of uh, smoke. but then then when he said that the special counsel was going to be you know Mr. Weiss, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. this is the guy who just lost before the court. this is the guy who negotiated a plea agreement that fell apart at the court. so I mean, why would you go back to the guy who gave up a grand slam last night to lose the game? You know, why not go out and get yourself a uh, a brand new face? And that's where a lot of the criticism of the attorney general is coming from. It's not that he's naming an independent counsel. I think most people feel that's probably a good thing to do. But it's the person he's selected exactly. that I, I just don't think makes a lot of sense, George.
1: Exactly. I mean, at this point, at this point, Silvio, I don't understand how, how Merrick Garland, and the people that surround him can seriously feel that there is confidence in what they're doing and in the department. I really don't. I mean, and uh, and as far as the career people, uh, they have got to be feeling uh, very, very badly that uh, all of this politics has pulled the rug right out right out from under them.
0: And that's something department. you you know about George because you worked in the federal yeah. government. And, and, and I'm glad you brought this up because I think, you know, there are political appointments, obviously, usually the heads of the departments, but the, the overwhelming body of the department is career people, people exactly. who are professionals who, you know, they're doing the best job they can. And I think, you know, I know with the FBI that's happening, where there's a lot of disenchantment, you know, with the troops, with the leadership of the FBI. But I was, uh, I would recommend to everybody, to check out the, the column that Bill O'Reilly just posted. It's on his website, BillOReilly.com. And Bill wrote a very interesting article. He, he thinks that, that this is a bit of an overreaction by uh, the Attorney General, that he thinks the Attorney General is starting to get scared. Because if you remember, the Attorney General, uh, George, went before the House and said that Mr. Weiss, the House or the Senate, and said, Mr. Wise, Mr. Wise could go in any jurisdiction and prosecute uh, Hunter Biden. Well, if, if that's the case, why does he name a special counsel and specifically give him now the authority to go to every jurisdiction? I thought he had that already. So, I mean, there's a contradiction there, George. And It, and- it is. I mean, I will tell you firsthand that um,
1: there definitely are divisions of the Department of Justice who are weaponized they have been weaponized for a long time. For example, the Civil Rights Division, the Civil Rights Division, and then there's another division called Community Relations. These folks are so bent on the civil rights agenda, on the pro Black civil rights agenda, that uh, I, I have always quit. One of the reasons that, uh, that they blocked my, uh, that they, the Democrats, Blocked my nomination when I was nominated by uh, the by by Reagan uh, to take over the, the the community relations division was because I, you know I wanted uh, discrimination to be looked at as everywhere among everyone and they were just so angry because that meant that uh, there might be some uh, minorities that would be uh, 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 guilty of discrimination some Hispanics good heavens. You know, and you know that Hispanics are not racist. Right. Uh, there are, you know, and, and so uh, we do have reason. We do have reason to um, to think and, and question uh, the uh, legitimacy of this of this appointment. I mean, they have weaponized.
0: They they are they are guilty of their own uh, right. machines. Well, I know that. Uh... Other people are saying that the reason that he named uh, the special counsel on Friday is because the house was going to subpoena Hunter Biden and the house was even going to subpoena uh, Mr. Weiss himself. And so, you know, that could be, that could be, but I, here's the, the way I look at it is the big picture. The big picture is you're the attorney general, you're setting in motion an independent counsel at the very least, it should be a person who is not going to be, you know, who's not going to be controversial. Special exactly. counsel should always be. <laughs> right. yeah. And there are people out there that would not be controversial. Exactly.
1: Right? What and, does he do? Boom. He goes right to the
0: Yeah, he goes to the the one person who would upset the Republicans right to the, the most,
1: most. Right to the most contra- controversial. Yeah, crazy.
0: so you have to wonder about that. George, let, let me uh move on here, uh so that we don't run out of time, but I want to talk a little bit about the GOP in 2024. Uh there was a big I guess uh, a big uh, something happened in Iowa this weekend where there were many candidates in Iowa. Iowa, is as everybody knows, a very unique place to campaign. It's not a primary; it's a caucus. It's a caucus. Yes. Yeah. So you know, it, it's it's it has its own personality, its own charm. Uh, I would argue that that in many ways, it, Iowa always ends up being useless because whoever wins Iowa never goes anywhere. I mean, I would like to know who was the last person uh, who won Iowa. I mean, you know, I go back and I remember Pat Robertson won Iowa in 1988, if you remember that. Pat Robertson won Iowa in 1988. Uh, then you had, uh, I, I I think it was uh, Mike Huckabee who won Iowa in 2008. I don't remember Mike Huckabee uh, being nominated for president. I like, by the way, I like Mike Huckabee, but he wasn't. So that, and then of course the other senator from Pennsylvania, who also the Republican senator from Pennsylvania who won Iowa, I think it was in 2012. Reagan so, Reagan won Iowa in 1984. In 84, <laughs> when true? he was running for re-election with 49 states, right? For yeah. So that would yeah. Be well, good. that wasn't even. I mean, yeah. If you're the guy running, for, if you're the president running for re-election, you normally win Iowa. Yeah. But but anyway, so but my point is is that. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I have a theory that I want to put on the table tonight. And that is that we may get other candidates in the mix. And I'm going to point to one person in particular, uh, Governor Youngkin of Virginia, who I think is extremely attractive candidate, is very well, popular in Virginia. Well-spoken. And well-spoken. And he's the face, George, of a movement that is very strong right now in the republican ranks and that's the parents versus uh you know public education on on the issue of books and, and, and what the biggest taking- backlash
1: the biggest backlash seems to be against those folks i mean you hear complaints about uh uh the efforts to secure the border you certainly hear complaints about uh, the green agenda uh, but i mean the the weaponization of the justice department against parents that are involved oh, it's in it, it's incredible
0: it's incredible in fact uh it, it, speaking of of weaponization uh this is not about the gop but the uh, they found more memos against catholics yes in, in the fbi which i you know that's got to be embarrassing i would
1: hide embarrassing. About you, Sylvia. i would hide yeah about i know
0: I, I i keep i today then i then went again, if they today come I, after- I went to church and I kept looking for guys <laughs> with dark suits and you know and, and eyeglasses taking pictures. Uh, you know, if they come after the Catholics today, they'll come after the Mormons tomorrow. Well, yeah, <laughs> but what, <laughs> yeah, it. But what I what I find, speaking of that issue of the Catholics and the FBI, that has to be so embarrassing for the. Oh director. gosh, yes. Because the director went well, before the house and he said there was one memo and I killed it, and now we're finding out there's like four Several. or five offices. But George, again, talking about weaponization, I know we're we're talking about the GOP, but I guess it's somewhat related about 2024. Why would the the FBI, why would the FBI, why would anybody in the FBI be targeting a religious group? Now exactly. if there are you know if they are bad people who attend a particular church, fine, that's different. Yeah. If they're into human sacrifice and they're they're
1: they're they're uh Uh, Kidnapping people for that purpose. I could understand that.
0: Yeah. Blowing up buildings, you know, blowing up buildings in the name of their
1: God. Yeah. Flying
0: airplanes into buildings. I can understand that. Yeah. But this
1: situation, let me tell you, I think that we got an inkling of this. I was uh, still the HUD director in in, in Houston in 1999. And I remember that the uh, incoming mayor, uh, I can't remember her name. She was a lesbian. She came in, she was the incoming mayor. in in Houston. And she wanted, uh, the the opposition against her had been so strong, from the churches, of course, uh, that she wanted a list. She literally wanted a list of people attending certain churches, their names. Now, this is a mayor. This is a mayor who was demanding that. Under what jurisdiction or mindset are you asking for that? And, um, you know, here we are now uh fighting against uh, le- against uh, uh, drag shows in uh, in the libraries uh, or or having uh, uh, kids taken to drag shows minors taken to drag shows
0: well some of the books that they're they're talking oh, about some I, of the mean, books. I I took a look at some of the books and um, you know some of those books wouldn't even, would be triple X-rated, wouldn't even be X-rated. It'd be triple X-rated. That is how bad uh, they are. But, but yes, I mean, I, I think Youngkin would be a candidate. He, he seems to appeal to a lot of different groups. He stood his ground. He stood his he, ground. it was logical. He was logical about it. And, and somebody was pointing out that come he's going to have, in November, they're going to have state elections, legislative elections, you know, Virginia elections. And they're saying that he he stands a very good chance of picking up both houses, which would be a tremendous victory for him. Now, I guess right now it's almost 50-50 or something in Virginia, I guess something like that. But anyway, I bring him up. And the reason I bring him up is because as much as we see in all this polling data that Donald Trump is up by 20 or 30 points, uh, I think a lot of that is anger over the, the indictments. I really yes, do. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I mean, it has pretty much stopped Desantis, who I thought was going to do. I very hope well. that the emotionalism
1: within the ranks of the Republican Party uh, 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 lessen, lessen, and we look at logical at candidates
0: logically. Right, the electability—that's yes. what—that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. The electability of, of people, but but it, so I bring up this GOP 24 because I think there is the possibility that there could be another candidate jumping in and my my name for that would be yunkin but it would be toward the end of the year after he he finishes with his uh with his elections one last issue here george is inflation and gasoline prices uh-huh. uh, you know th- there's always been a connection between the two and which is this is why when when i hear people say when they talk about inflation that, that inflation is coming down and all of that it is if you look at the overall number. But uh, but at the same time, now you have gasoline prices going up, which I think would be inflationary soon. And this issue with gasoline, I'm hearing that it's going to get worse. I don't know what you're hearing now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is that we are very, very dependent on
1: foreign oil. And we've got, first of all, the situation where Saudi Arabia has just recently cut its production. That um, That's not good for us. The second thing is that we've got um, not only less oil to work with, but we also have the situation of more regulations being instituted. Uh, the state of Washington just pushed through a um, a new uh, law demanding that um, uh, that vehicles uh, be checked for their emissions and be taxed about the amount of, of emissions. Now that's you know. That's going to hurt. That's going to really, really hurt the uh, uh, the uh, economy there, because you know people travel, take their goods by truck everywhere by
0: diesel, and uh, especially in the West, uh, George. Yes. one of the things that that people well, don't we're understand. far apart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just, I mean, anybody who's ever traveled, you know, through the Western states, I mean, the distances are unbelievable and so you know you depend on gasoline and if all of a sudden gasoline is expensive but i would caution the the governor of washington uh as well as the governor of oregon i just read a report that the city of portland had lost like 2 billion dollars in tax revenue because people are moving out people are leaving yeah and so people you got to be careful sometimes with all these regulations and well and not taxes. only
1: that and it's not it's it's this whole social agenda not only right. the green but all the whole social agenda of equity right. of uh, forgiving criminals uh it, it is just you know it is all so much and uh in the process all they do is encourage more bad behavior right and people people pick up and leave
0: well uh you know my good friend uh who sells uh liability insurance car insurance uh, we were talking the other day about this, and uh, he was, you know, he was talking about how in many of these cities, uh, you know, with all the hijacking of cars and the destruction of cars and all this looting and all of that, well, that's going to have an impact on on your premium. Exactly, because it's going to come back to you who pay premium. So,
1: well, and I don't know about Dallas, but here in San Antonio, we're having a new phenomenon that is really, really disturbing, where people are putting. Uh, are, are putting um uh, locators on their cars or trucks better said because trucks are the ones that are being uh, stolen and then they tr- they go track down where their truck is and they get into a gunfight oh man and it's really i mean we've had we've had two uh deaths resulting from from owners tracking down their, the um their stolen vehicle but uh we also had one last night where was, somebody was wounded well, so I did, mean, you, people are you, taking in. We have fewer police officers,
0: right? And we have more crime. More crime. Well, you saw what happened in that uh, store. I don't know whether it was New York or California, where somebody broke in trying to steal, and, uh, and the managers him. or the owners yeah. just jumped all over him and gave him a. I, I don't think that guy win. is going to go in that store ever again. I bet he
1: doesn't. Either yeah, that,
0: I or I bet that there's a civil rights lawsuit. Right. But uh, but but again, you know that's what happens when there's a breakdown in law and order. When the the police is not allowed to do their job, then a lot of citizens. Democrats. Well, of yeah, but a lot of citizens then take it upon themselves. I remember reading, for example, that in the city of Baltimore, the business people wrote a letter to the mayor and said, "If if the pol- if you're not going to let the police do their job, we're not paying taxes. We're simply saying, you know, we'll provide our own security." Exactly. If you're not going to do your job, we'll do ours. We'll take care of ourselves. But that's uh, that's a, that's a crime. That's happening everywhere. Well, George, my goodness, I see the clock, and the clock is not time on our side. Remember for. that? Remember that song by the Rolling Stones? Time is time on, is our, on side. our side. Not right now. Oh, last week was uh,
1: yeah. Last week was um, was uh, or two weeks ago, Mick's Mick Jagger's 80th birthday.
0: Right, right. That's right. Mick Jagger, 80 years old. I'll get old when he gets old. Well, you know, when you think <laughs> of that, when you think of that, that Mick Jagger is 80, then you realize that we're getting older, too. You know what I mean? So, you know, <laughs> that's when you realize that we're we're on that side of the clock as well, because, but still, man, I'm Mick Jagger... Who would have, if anybody had said to you exactly 50 years ago that Mick Jagger, we're going to be celebrating Mick Jagger's 80 years birthday. ago was when they started Six. Yeah. years So ago. You, you you look I at mean, it and you go, wait a minute, come on, Mick will never get to 80. Because, nope, you know, 80 is. years old was such a, a uh, thinking so about so far somebody turning. Yeah. So far <laughs> away. That was like, you know, like uh, when I was in high school, that book, 1984, yes. I used to read about that book about the future. And then all of a sudden, one day I look at the calendar and I say, wait a minute. It's 1984, 1984 and we have an election this year. All right. So, <laughs> all right, George, you have a great, uh, a great weekend. Enjoy Thank the weather you. in South Texas and uh, uh, enjoy your trips and all your speeches and all of that. I see that you're getting around again. That's a that's a good thing. Thank you. And uh, enjoy yourself and we'll talk to you later, George. You got it. All right. Our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez uh, from South Texas. We chat with him many times, usually about once a week. We like to get into a lot of different issues, obviously the border issues that he's very familiar with. But today we talked a little bit about the independent counsel for Hunter Biden. Uh, I'm not against the independent counsel, but I think the attorney general made a huge mistake in naming Mr. Weiss as the person to oversee that, uh, that investigation. We also talked a little bit about the GOP in 2024. I believe that there will be new candidates coming in and keep an eye on, on Glenn Youngkin, Ah, uh, the governor of Virginia. I keep I, just keep an eye on him because I think he's going to be. And then, of course, gasoline prices. I've got a couple of posts this week on inflation and uh, over at the American Thinker. I can tell you that you know I I don't look at all these inflation figures because I think a lot of them are confusing. But the one figure that I always look at is the price of gasoline because that is the one figure that will drive inflation. If gasoline is two dollars inflation is different than when gasoline is 350 because everything it, all the goods and and that we buy are moved around by some kind of gasoline product and then of course uh you know the the food that we eat and and everything else plus our own transportation uh, is also based on on fuel prices so I always say forget about the inflation figures keep an eye on gasoline because that is the most important figure as far as I'm concerned when it comes to inflation. Have a great week, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.